Welcome to the Freemasons Podcast, coming to you live from Morningstar Lodge number 47. Leave your aprons at the door, my brothers. Welcome to the Freemasons Podcast with your hosts, Right Worship Brother George Mudry. Worship Brother Joe. Worship Brother Ken. And we're up here. We have Brother Jim Trensky from Harmony Lodge number 42 with us tonight. And uh, Good, morning. Good we're evening. Gonna, we're going to quickly get into you, your Masonic career, and uh, all the stuff that you've done. And then we're going to get right into it. Mr. I have another. Been listening to that all. I have I have another rendition of that song though. Oh, okay. Mr. Joey, what have they done to your head? Here we go. Mr. Joey, why is it so freaking red? Incidentally, why are you wearing a Ken's legs don't seem so tragic. That he lost his pigment in there. <laughs> what the? Wow. <laughs> He's been working like a week on this. Yeah, Good I know. Really. I had it all written down, actually. Oh, I know. Look I at just, that. He's got I didn't bring the phone out, phone. so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was listening to that all day today, and, and I know I'm going to get crap for this because of who it is, but <laughs> Remix to Ignition by R. Kelly. Yes, I know. He did some awful things, but I love that song. So we'll go with that. It's fine. I'm okay with it. What? The R. Kelly piece or the, the song? Get out. <laughs> All right, now let's I'm get it. To be rude, First, we gotta do this. We, we gotta charge our cannons. So, uh, can no. somebody take care of that? We don't even have cannons. Oh, we don't need no stinking cannons. We don't need no stinking cannons. How did we mess that up? I don't know. We really got nine hundred and ninety likes now. Nine ninety five. Nine ninety five. Only seeing nine ninety. I could have swore I saw nine ninety five when I. Ah! I refreshed the page. It's nine ninety five. There you go. Damn it! So we are five <laughs> likes away from the main page, not the community page. Don't want to confuse anybody, but we are five likes away from George dressing up as a leprechaun and dancing down the street of Seymour, Main Street. In wait, 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 There was no dancing involved. Oh, yes, there was. There I was going to do an Irish jig dresses. up here on camera. Just no, down, down on Main Street in Seymour. Down in front of the, uh, these, uh, these glasses smell funky, but I'm pretty sure they're clean. Charge them. Which one smelled the worst? Charge them now. I'll keep this one. They all smell like the liquor cabinet. Um, no, you're going to dance down Main Street. So what would... A little jig. I, I didn't agree to this. Yeah. All right. You weren't so, insulted. Let's go through our likes. Jeremy Zegler. Jonathan Cowry? K-H-O-U-R-Y? Where are you going? Oh, um, I would go Curry. Curry. Okay. Uh, Andy Smith. Joe Trensky. Uh, Joe Trensky? Joe Trensky. Yeah. George. Uh, Heather Wilmer. Michael Loker. Wilmer. And Alan Carter. <laughs> Aaron Carter? Like... Alan, oh. not Aaron. Aaron Burr. I thought it was Aaron Carter. Like that, he's uh, like brothers with the guy in Backstreet Boys or one of them. And he had mm-hmm. his own little. Thanks, sir. 
thing. I'm so sorry. we're going to charge them. We're going to toast them. Brethren, right hand arms. 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 Ready. 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 Aim. 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 Fire. Good fire. Fire all. Together, brothers. Viva, viva, viva. And you wonder why we have technical equipment <laughs> issues. <laughs> Just bounce it off the computer. Uh, Load them up again, boys. Oh, come on, oh, come on. And so it begins. Hi, Mom. Mom's on. Don't Mom's be a on. pansy. Hi, Mama Z. It's us again. So speaking of moms, like we're only five uh, likes away from a thousand, which gets a George that dresses a leprechaun and dance on Main Street. So mm-hmm. if any of you listeners get your moms to like it, all we need are five. They can unlike it after he dances down the street. They can't undo that. But get them to like the page. I'm pretty sure all of our moms that's like the screwed page. Screwed up. No, but not all of our listeners' moms like. The page. Ah, that's true. So our so listeners you're stacking the deck. Can, it doesn't matter. You know, do you I want listeners? Think, or do you? I was thinking though. You know what I could do in reverse I mean, to this? My mom listens. Offer. Number 1,000, a podcast pin. That means nobody will like the page. I could stop the flow of this because everyone's going to wait for the next person to like the page so that they can like the page to be 1,000. So basically, in a sense, stop all what, and, and do what? Get like a pin? Is that what you said? Yeah. You mean the pins that are coming to me and I'll give it to the <laughs> 1,000 through 1,010 to make sure that we, we get this? Like, yeah. come on. All right. I guess that would backfire. Can't catch me. I'm the gingerbread man. <laughs> Never underestimate the power of a lapel pin, bro. All right. We got two reviews. We're going to go through them. We got... Uh, uh, most entertaining and the most entertaining and educational uh, five star review. I look forward to listening to all of the great fellowship. You keep me company in my commute and really give me a reason not to skip lodge meeting. Thank you for inspiring me to think of why I am a Freemason every single day. It's from Hellenic uh, via Apple Podcast from oh. Canada. Oh, oh, Canada. Oh, so Canada. I've recently figured out how to discover. Um, when we get reviews from other countries. Yeah. Because if we're only in the United States, it only it shows us the U.S. faults to U.S., yeah. So let's give uh, Hellenic a toast. Absolutely. Uh, Brother Joe, lead it. Do Brothers, the, right the, hand to walk. I'm, I'm sorry, I was going to say do the Canadian version. It's oh. like homeland. <laughs> Brothers, right hand to arms, eh? To, to arms, <laughs> eh? I'm just getting used to this now. <laughs> Why did you just mess me up like I'm throwing <laughs> right? No, I remember we're at arms. Ready, eh? Ready, eh? Ready, eh? Aim. Aim, eh? Fire, good fire, fire all, eh? <laughs> Together, brothers, eh? <laughs> viva, 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 eh? Funny how changing that one little thing like threw off the whole yeah, rhythm did, in my right? head. Like that one little thing. Oh, thank Doesn't you, take much. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna. Uh, Greg Schultz, the two month episode will be live from the Seymour AA meeting. <laughs> or prison. AA's for quitters, though. Uh, <laughs> all right, we got one more, one more uh, review, and then we'll uh, we'll get into uh, brother Jim Transky. So uh, not literally, that was kind of. This one came from these guys are awesome! Exclamation point. Five star review from Tactical Bacon 09. Ooh, oh, I like that so name. I originally liked Garrett the Barbarian. Tactical Bacon. Uh, Tactical Bacon, I think, takes the win. Yeah, that's pretty So awesome. far, that's the well, best one. If he sent us some actual bacon that we can um, have, I think then, they, well, then he would win. You know what? Tactical Bacon is a thing. It's a product. Um, I've seen it in some of the catalogs that I yeah, occasionally... Really? Yeah, it, it comes in a can, mm-hmm. and it's shelf-stable for, like, I don't know, 
correct me if I'm wrong, but like 15 or 20 years or something. Wow. So it's like prepper food. But okay, bacon. really? Yeah, no, Tactical sure. Bacon. Look it up. Maybe a potential sponsor for us <laughs> if you are connected to Tactical Bacon. We are accepting sponsorships. Um, various types, product placement, um, live commercials. And, and we, we love bacon. Serve. Guest spots on the podcast. All right, so we got uh, Tactical Bacon 09. I thoroughly enjoy listening to these guys. Uh, the way they talk and run the show makes you feel like you're one of the guys bullshitting along. I may not be a Freemason yet, but these guys have more than sparked my interest. Keep up the good work. Nice. So, Thank you, my friend. Very nice. Ken, you're up. All right. Brethren, right hand to arms. Two arms. arms. Ready. Ready. Aim. 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 Fire, good fire, fire all. Together, brethren. Vivat, vivat, vivat. Beautiful. All right. So, let's get into it. Brother Jim Trensky. Let's start with you. Uh, you are a member of Harmony Lodge number 42. Yes, I you am. You are their Tyler, correct? Yes, I am. So, what got you interested in Freemasonry? It's always been a thing that sparked up my interest. And hung around with a couple of people and went to a bunch of events. And that was it. I got hook, line, and sinker. Nice. Uh, how long ago was that? About two years ago. Yep. Yeah. Your entered apprentice degree was. Uh, I was the very first regime to go through the entered apprentice degrees, the Civil War. Oh. Yep. Nice. He was the first class that graduated from the very Civil nice. War EA degree. And your Civil War, the Civil War degree, is uh, done by torchlight at night. Yes, yes sir. Um, out in the open, it's pretty yeah, cool. Is that an MC or a Master Mason degree? That is an EA degree. Yeah. I'm sorry. My yeah. bad. And that's, uh, that. we have a date on that, too. Uh-huh. That's going to be June 20th. June 20th this year. Yep. And where is that? That okay. is at Wolcott Landowners Protective Association, which is the gun club in Wolcott. Uh-huh. It's up in the hills. It's properly tiled. And uh, all the officers that are conferring the degree are in authentic Civil War regalia. Very nice. And the tilers get muskets as the proper nice. instrument of their <laughs> office. <laughs> very that's cool. awesome. It's very cool. I might so, have to bring back the mutton chops for that. Oh, oh yeah! I put on it's, some really good freaking. It's required. You have to have facial hair when you do that degree. <laughs> yeah, I gotta start growing my beard now. George, you might want to start like yesterday. Yeah, I, I didn't even say anything because <laughs> I knew it was coming. <laughs> so I just sat here in silence. I'm just gonna let him have it because I know eventually it's gonna come back to me. So, so your your entered apprentice degree was quite interesting. Then it was, um, it because it was the very first time uh-huh. it being done for Harmony. And it was quite the experience. Yeah, I would say. What was going through your head? I mean, granted, you had a little bit different experience than what a normal EA would go through because yours was outdoors. It was a little different. But what was going through your head when they were vesting you and getting you ready and all, doing all that? Was it like, again, what the hell did I get myself into? This uh, is yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> um, luckily enough, my sponsor didn't explain everything to me he just said just go in with it with an open mind and don't worry about it nothing bad's going to happen to you so after you became uh enterprise you joined the lodge uh you did fellow craft same thing in harmony correct i'm assuming uh what did you build off of the fellow craft in contrast to the to the entered apprentice degree like more educational, kind of told the story about the EA where you understood a little bit more. Open, kind of opened my eyes to a lot of different things 
mm-hmm. around the world wise. Right. If things that you see and hear every day, mm-hmm. it opened up my eyes a little bit more into life. Right. As I can put it. Yeah. It's uh, quite a lot of life lessons in the, the degrees of that. Certain symbols are revealed to you that you might see mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. town, and yeah, you never really thought about it before then. Without getting into too much detail, MM degree. That kind of blew my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Usually does. Because that's where you kind of put everything from your EA degree, your fellow craft mm-hmm. degree, and your master mason degree all mm-hmm. together, and that really opens your eyes to everything right the things that you had said things you see in here and that's about it <laughs> <laughs> so without getting wanna, into detail yeah, exactly. certain things. that's the that's the tough part about this so last night you uh the members of harmony came and watched morningstar members do the chamber of reflection and the ritual that i wrote for it yes what was your impression of that good bad or different you're not gonna hurt my um, feelings that's pretty amazing to see um just yeah pretty amazing it's not something that you see in every lot no like it's, it's not very and rare it, that it, you see it, these it, days. it makes you actually think about everything mm-hmm. when you're in that in the chamber yeah there's actually two lodges only two lodges that i'm aware of in connecticut that have it mm-hmm. i'm a member of both yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> Actually, your worshipful master last night said to me, because anytime you need to go into the chamber, just come on over. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's there. You know what? It is probably it's, it's probably a good way of meditating. Yeah, it is. You know, because Absolutely. you guys have yours. It's in a it's in a brick lined vault. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's basically a sensory deprivation mm-hmm. tank. I mean, that's <laughs> so that's uh, a way to meditate. The brother who went through it last night, Cody, who is now he took his EA degree last night. And by the way, hats off to Morningstar Lodge. We pulled off one hell of a degree. I heard the original yeah. was very, very awesome. good. Yep. They did very good. Um, you know, for you know, in contrast to the last one we did, which man, the ritual work could have been a little bit better. Floor work could have been a little bit better. This one was like off the charts compared to it. So. Excellent. And uh, I'm I'm really glad that uh, Harmony came and grabbed the traveling child. That's right, we did. Awesome. Uh, we <laughs> talked about that in the last episode too. Uh-huh. I was listening to that. So they are now the proud owners of the traveling trawl that we got going around, but. Um, I talked to Cody downstairs when we went downstairs had a drink afterward. And I said, uh, what did you think of the EA degree? He's like, oh, it was really cool. It was really cool. I said, what did you think of the chamber? He's like, tighten your ass a little bit. He's like, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> so uh, no, I, say, I, I, I thoroughly like the chamber reflection. I think uh, you know, tipping my own head a little bit. I think I wrote a pretty good ritual for it. It's a cool it, idea. You know what? It is It is part of another appendant body in Freemasonry, uh-huh. Connecticut. I, I won't go into any kind of detail about oh, that yeah. or which one it is, but it is, yeah, I mean, there's precedent for it. It is right. an old Well, I mean, it's tradition. no secret that it's part of the Knights Templar. It's it's not secret okay. or anything. Yeah. Um, I didn't want to let too many No, no, no. What, what happens inside of it is much different than oh, yeah. what I did, but I tried to model it off of it without getting too far into one particular religious sect yep. you know yep. in a sense because you know if you're a templar you know what you know, yep. it's about so. yep. and in other parts of the world it is actually part of the blue lodge yeah going mm-hmm. through we had a uh, brother of my mother lodge ashler aspatuck down in easton danny Sanch- uh, sanchez from chile and it's just a normal thing as part of their ritual work and their degrees down there uh brother jordan jensen which degree of the primary three could you remember the most of after going through it which 
could you retain the most after experiencing? I'm going to have to go with uh, the MM. The MM is, if we're talking about the primary three, the, the definitely I felt that the MM stuck out a lot more. Fellowcraft was cool. EA was kind of a shock and all. The Fellowcraft was a lot of information to absorb, and you kind of get this, you know, where your head starts spinning a little bit. It isn't until the Fellowcraft degree, I don't think you get so much out of it until you've seen it four or five times. Joe does a fantastic middle chamber, and I've heard the middle chamber multiple times. Joe narrated it beautifully. I have to give you, uh, you. you know, I love breaking your balls, but you did it fantastic. Um, he has the best hair out of anybody that I've ever seen. <laughs> but it's also the way he orated it, too. Because, yeah. I mean, you could sit there and just read the words just like this, and it just sounds like this. It's uh, got to be a story. That, it's got to be interactive. It definitely, yep. definitely was the, the, M&M, the MM degree that kind of opens your eyes for everything. Yeah, definitely. You're the I youngest agree. Mason in the room, so you remember it better than any of yeah, us right. here. See, but for me, well, I remember mine. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, but I mean, but for me, it was the Fellowcraft degree, which is why it, I've taken such a liking to that degree, and right. the reason why mm-hmm. I wanted wanted to do the middle chamber and, and keep continuing that, because um, that that degree was just it was so eye opening mm. for me that actually it it helped me be able to receive that Master Mason degree more because like it's it's just that's when it starts to connect, right. and without that start of that connection. The MM degree could be lost on you, right? Um, but that's yeah, that's always been and, the most impactful for me. And I know when I had come in, with it being we had uh, past master Hal Elwell. Mm-hmm. Yep. So he's the one who actually kicked the whole Civil War degree off mm-hmm. with this, and he was one of my sponsors. So he took, actually, he as he said it, your three degrees are going to probably be the best you'll ever have one because of him uh-huh. as being master <laughs> right <laughs> i gotta not give to him props too, on that not to put too fine a point on it that man is an awesome master, but so yeah because i also had it with the past masters mm-hmm. for the master mason oh yeah so i had marshall robinson yep so nice. i um I had kind of gotten the special treatment through my first three degrees. You got the dream team, basically. Yeah, the Civil War EA degree. That's that. That's why (laughs) it will. The three degrees will be definitely things that I do remember the best. All right, boys. What do you say? Is it time for Mr. Crowley? I guess we should start talking about Aleister Crowley now. Can we, Mr. Crowley? Okay, you're gonna go the real song. (laughs) There we go. We can't play any of that, can we? No, shut us down. You can sing it. It's fair use. You can sing it, yeah. But uh, yeah, now Sony will come shut us down right now. So Mm, Sony Entertainment. Uh, Worship brother Greg Schultz. The MM degree means as much to brothers in attendance as the candidate. Yeah, I 100% agree on that. All right, let's get into Aleister Crowley. Give you a quick background. I'm pulling this off of Wikipedia, but then we'll get into things that I've heard, learned, and all that stuff, and uh, we'll talk about it. Aleister Crowley, also known and born as Edward Alexander Crowley, uh, the 12th of October, 1875, was an English occultist, ceremonial magician, Poet, painter, novelist, and a mountaineer. He was actually a very good mountaineer. Mountaineer I didn't hear before. That's interesting. Yes, he actually climbed the second highest peak in the Himalayas as well as the third. Um, we'll get into what happened on that third peak later. <laughs> uh, he found the religion of Thel- uh, Thelema, uh, 
identifying himself as the prophet entrusted with guiding humanity into the aeon of Horus in the early 20th century. A prolific writer, he published widely. Uh, he published widely over the course of his life. So he was born into a wealthy family, and uh, he was actually his family was uh, a, uh, I guess you could say, a radical sect of Protestantism. Mm-hmm. Protestant, uh, Protestantism, right? Protestant, Protestantism. Protestantism. Yes. Thank you. Uh, so I was ballparked it. Yeah, you can um, get close. And uh, his <laughs> his father was religious. Actually, went from town to town doing sermons and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, at this time, Edward uh, followed him, um, and his 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 bringing up was uh, very very strict. Um, he had a very strict household. His mother was even worse than his father. Um, they they adamantly opposed to any form of pleasure in any what shape mm-hmm. or form yep. um they didn't celebrate christmases halloweens they were almost like uh i guess you could kind of say like jehovah's witnesses right they don't celebrate christmas or this stuff like that right no they don't no Correct. right no. not yeah not the, the mm. national holidays but they have a very very strict uh yep. in when he was a kid um so then what he ended up doing was his father actually died uh we're gonna get into uh, where he became the Freemason, or where, he didn't become a Freemason, and we're going to be clear about that. We're going to, uh, we're going to, I, I will say definitively that he was not a Freemason. No, but he may have been a Clandy. Yes, a Clandy. Clandy. Now this I did not. He's know. a Clandy. And I'll explain momentarily. Okay. Uh, I've listened to, uh, I've watched a couple documentaries on it. And I've done a little bit of research myself, so I kind of gotten some different stories about things he has done. But uh, number one. He, his father had passed away when he was very young, mm-hmm. and he pretty much rebelled against the upbringing that he had. He became very rebellious against his mother, where he wouldn't listen to her. He was getting in trouble in school. Um, he, <laughs> his mother actually used to call him when he was getting in trouble. She used to call him the beast. The beast, yeah. You're, you're, you're the beast. And no, that's a pretty harsh thing. That's a harsh thing in a Christian household to, to call your mm-hmm. child. I mean, yeah. right. she thought she was calling him the devil. Yeah, yeah. Yes, you come up with that yep. strict of a Christian upbringing. Yep. Somebody calling you the the beast really it's got to affect you a little bit. So yeah. at this point, he was kind of already rebelling and already starting to look into not occultism yet. He hadn't got there yet, but he was looking into sin heavily. Mm-hmm. Um, one, I mean, you can speculate all day long. Maybe it was because his father died and he was upset that his father died and, or maybe it was just that strict. I've always found that when you, the tighter you tighten your grip around somebody, mm-hmm. the more they want to lash out in the opposite direction. And if his household was that tight where everything was religion and they had to read scripture and they had to do this, that and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. On top of that, they also read a lot of uh, the book of revelation in his, in when mm-hmm. they would read scripture amongst his family. I mean, if I'm going to start with Bible verses, probably not going to start with the book of Revelation, but this is what he was pushed in. You know, this is what he was talked, you know, what he was taught. Um, so you take the book of Revelation and it glorifies, in a sense, you could look at it, where it kind of glorifies the Antichrist and the devil and it talks about all these bad, he's coming back and he's here. Like, Well, it does It does force you to think about those yes. things. And yeah, I could see that. You see what I'm saying? Pretty, pretty formative. For a young child, and for a young child, you might look at it and be like, 
well, I want to know what that's all about. And you know? then to be called the Beast and after then, yeah, exactly. reading through like, Revelation. Well, you know, right. So his mother called him the Beast. And obviously in the book of Revelation, you have 666, where it talks mm-hmm. about, you know, what is it, three times three, three score, something mm-hmm. like that, in the book of Revelation. So he adapted the nickname 666, the Beast. That's where he came up with it. Um, then what he did in an ultimate act of rebellion against his mother is he had his way and lost his virginity with the maid on his mother's bed. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I missed that part. So I've, I read that one. He That's then... Good. You read that one? Yeah. Yeah. It's a cool story. Did his thing. Uh, he cool, then And but. funny thing is the, na- the maid's name was Lucinda Pendleton. No, it was no. not. <laughs> <laughs> she was virtuous. It all makes sense. <laughs> that would be funny, though. He was educated at Trinity College and the University of Cambridge, um, he, uh, where he focused his attentions on mountaineering and poetry, uh, resulting in several publications. Some biographers allege that he was recruited into the British Intelligence, uh, intelligence Agency. Is actually wrong. Uh, he was not. And we'll get into that momentarily. But uh, he ended up going to join an esoteric group called the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. Yep. Mm-hmm. Not tied to Freemasonry. Nope. No. You have to understand during this Victorian times that these secret societies were kind of like, that was the hopping thing. In vogue, yeah. I mean, compare it to yeah. social media, you yep. know, in, in modern days. Everybody's on Twitter, Instagram, blah, blah, blah. It's if like you TikTok. Talk. Right. Victorian uh, TikTok. TikTok. Yeah, TikTok. Victorian TikTok. <laughs> Hermeticism well, but this was like the yeah. thing to do in the day like it was enlightenment you joined I mean so there was thousands and thousands of these different you know uh, secret societies mm-hmm. that all kind of modeled themselves similarly off of each other but they were not tied together so uh, actually uh, interesting thing uh, the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn actually had uh, Bram Stoker was one yep. who was inside of this oh. order as well uh, fun little fact but so that one was a little bit more mainstream than some of the yes. others that mm-hmm. were out there. It was, it was more well-known. Yes. Um, like you had, you had a few big names that belonged to mm-hmm. it. And they talked about uh, basically magic uh, and performing. Um, you had white magic and black magic, and they you were basically taught to do that the light magic was stronger than the black magic. and But, you know... They had black magic part of this hermetic order, but it was more used and not taught. It was more of like, this is black magic, but you never use it. So it was kind of like your way of avoiding temptation. Is That was like, you know, we talk about vices and superfluities right. Right. in our craft. It's there. It's there. Don't use it. Don't use it. Yep. You know? uh, so that's pretty much... Uh, and it was also, it was taught, like when they talk about black magic and things like that, it's... Almost the way that they would portray it was more so a, a command and a manipulation of uh-huh. demons to do certain things. Right. And, you know, in that circle, that's how they um, claimed King Solomon you know, mm-hmm. built the temple and, and certain things where he had but command over certain uh-huh. demons because of yep. his ring. Yep. Uh, and that was a big part of this hermetic order of the Golden Dawn. And um, what was the other? I'm sure you're going to come to it. The other... Uh, society he became a part of after the Golden Dawn. It's some 
Some Latin name begins Ordo with Ordo Templi Orientis. That's the one. Yep, the occult group. Yeah. yeah, I had to think about it for a minute. Um, Jordan Jensen, when Albert Crowley, oh, Albert, when uh, Alistair Crowley was initiated into the or- outer order of um, the Golden Dawn, uh, he it was done so within the Mark Mason Hall in London. Do you think that the Masonic symbolism in the building in the temple played a part of his early work in high ritual and occult? Mm. Personally, um, Alistair Crowley was looking for something. Mm-hmm. He was looking for something in his life that he was div- divulged of, basically. De- devoid. Devoid of, thank you. Um, that's why I keep getting around. <laughs> <laughs> and in case the only, lights go out. That's my only job. <laughs> I think that he was looking for something, and I again one of the things that the reasons why he joined the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn is because he was looking to do magic. He was looking to learn. He was like, and actually, believe it or not, Alistair Crowley was a freaking genius. Legitimate, oh yeah, very very, very smart man. Yep. He was actually a chess champion, like fantastically smart. Uh, you know, poet, painter. It's incredible how smart he was. I think he wasted a lot of it, but moving on. Um, <laughs> But I think that he absorbed so much that do I think that he reserved some of the, the Masonic symbolism in the building? Sure. Because I think he was looking into multiple things to, to, to enlighten himself. He wanted to learn about more of it. Right. He started with the, the order, Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. And he, there's no real proof that he was a Freemason. Uh, but we will get into what happened to him in Mexico later. Well, that order was using the building. They yes, were just much like essentially renting it, right? Right. right. So much like right. Order of the Eastern Star, or even yeah. if Odd Fellows came up here and joined us, it's the same thing. Right. Different, different order. We don't, we don't have any type of ties. Yeah. So it's not like the Masonic Temple was like, oh, come right. on in, and we'll. Are you calling those nice some... old ladies <laughs> a cultist? Is that the? <laughs> oh yeah, oh, we're just like. In the so, same way they're renting. It's, <coughs> oh, okay. I just wanted to clarify that we weren't group. calling we Eastern Order. Order of Eastern Order. Right. Okay. <laughs> just making sure. But Covering I, our bases. I do think that, you know, a lot of different secret societies, um, there is a lot of overlapping stuff. Again, if you look at, like, the Elks, they wear similar jewels than we do. Mm. Well, I mean, oh, the yeah, Elks yeah. were formed they all well after Freemasonry. Yeah. But you could say they stole our stuff, or did it all come out of the same melding pot that was happening in Europe at that time? I think they stole. So, our, I think they stole our stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, talk about the, the case. odd fellow. <laughs> <laughs> I, so, I mean, just just based on like right. the length of time that each of these groups have been around, mm. I would no, say no. it's highly okay. likely that it all came out of. Well, Freemason. again, I'm, I'm using Elks as an example, but you think about it in this uh, the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. Mm-hmm. They were pretty much around where Freemasonry is starting to make its rise. Well, yeah, and you're talking so, about hermetic philosophy, which is a big mm-hmm. part of Freemasonry. You're talking the Golden Dawn, which is, in essence, the, the sun rising, or you could say an allusion to the morning star, which is Venus. Mm-hmm. So it's similar right. symbology and right. uh, just similar stuff that they're getting at. So he was trained in ceremonial magic by Samuel Lida, Lidell McGregor. Mathers. So is that like and David Copperfield Alan, in a really know, fancy right. suit? And Alan Bennett. Uh, so this particular magic was uh, magic, and he kind of forced his way in. So this particular order had um, an inner circle and an outer circle. So he was part of the outer circle, and in order to become part of the inner circle of this uh, hermetic order of the Golden Dawn, you 
you had there was a waiting period. I think it was like seven or eight years or something like that. So there was a there was a time allotted where you need to basically prove your proficiency. That's it. No. No lion's heads full of blood or nothing? Not that I know. That's really? Illuminati. No, Illuminati. Illuminati. Yeah, sounds like a pretty easy order to get into to me. So, but he wasn't content with... he. So he learned all everything he needed to learn for the outer order within uh, a couple months. He did it very rapidly. So now he's like, oh, I want to move to the inner order. Like, well, there's a there's a timing. There's a trial period. There's a cool down period. There's a cool down period, right? And uh, he was not content with that, so he started making moves. And one of the guys that he dealt with, um, that's for Joe when he makes his videos. Put lotion. the lotion in the back. I have, like, seasonal eczema, so it's <laughs> great that all of a sudden there's well, hand lotion up here in this lodge. Lotion. Well, at least you know, he won't be getting the, the hose again. Yeah, I'm not going to get the hose again. <laughs> My skin will be Oh, yes, he will. Perfect for <laughs> Joe's use. Whatever. So, yeah, so uh, anyway, he... So he started kind of forcing his way into this inner circle. And one of the things that he did was, uh, there was actually, I can't, the name escapes me, but he started, and it might be Alan Bennett. He was a chronic asthmatic. Now, mind you, back then you didn't have the, you know, the, you, what is that right. they, you didn't have a nebulizer. No, the way that they used to handle it was, believe it or not, morphine and heroin. Uh-huh. This was all legal back then. So, um, Alistair Crowley was extremely rich. He made a lot of money off of his family that passed away, and he was handed a lot of money. And he basically, in a sense, bribed. You tell me all the secrets of the inner circle, and I'll pay so that you can get your prescription, if you want to call it a mm, prescription. Yep. <laughs> so what ended up happening was he eventually was bestowed uh, the title of being part of the inner circle. Well, when he went to go get all of his... Uh, ritual books or whatever you want to call it for the inner circle they told him no so he's like well uh, either you're going to give it to me or there's going to be a problem and what he ended up doing was he linked up with another one uh, who basically had the keys to this particular place and uh, he got he locked himself in there the law got involved and eventually the entire order of the hermetic order of the golden dawn was left in ruins because mm-hmm. of the infighting between them. So uh, after that, he moved to the Bols- Bolskin House by Loch Ness in Scotland. Uh, mm-hmm. So this uh, Bolskine House, Bolskin uh, House. Bolskin. So it's a K-E-I-N? B-O-L-E-S-K-I-N-E. I-N-E. Bolskin. Yeah. Bolskin mm-hmm. House. So this is outside of Loch Ness. Bolskine. And uh, he was in this wherever it was in Loch Ness and one of the things he was doing I can't remember the name of the ritual but it was basically a ritual that he had learned and I believe it was part of uh, Solomon's what is it the Solomon's Law or something like that it's like an old uh, Hebrew text okay. and it basically was a ritual that uh, I don't know you could look this up for yourself again um, but it was a ritual that you would basically conjure demons until you got to your um, your guardian angel. And wow! So you, it's based on the original, you know, yes. Solomon mm-hmm. building an army of demons, kind of thing, right? Wow! And that's what he was doing. The problem is, is he never completed it. Oh. And any time, I mean, realistically, if you want to talk about, you know, you believe in the boogeyman or whatever, but anytime you open a door for something and don't shut that door behind you, 
You're probably asking for so oh, every yeah, bad horror movie trouble. starts, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and that's Ouija board. Yeah, Ouija yeah board. exactly. So, you're right. Same yeah, same concept. The same thing. You're opening a portal to something, and this particular night, you have to look up um, the actual ritual. Oh, I'm good. I'm good, Joe. Thank you. Um, this uh, particular ritual was like I think it was like a, a six six month six week thing. So it took a while to do. Where it's you would basically wake up at like three o'clock in the morning and you would do you you would con uh, do whatever conjure yeah seance conjure up whatever. You were only allowed to eat like bread and water or something like that, and it would Good be God. all day processed throughout the day. Much similar to what like Cistercian monks would do, where they would yeah. do the vespers or whatever it is, right? Right, but they're not conjuring demons. I was one demons. for three days. Yeah. Right. <laughs> they're not conjuring demons. They're not stuff, conjuring. That's different. Well, that's what he was doing. Yeah. So wow. this, uh, I believe this house is very screwed up even to this day. Mm. So, uh, but after that, he went Mexi- mm. He went to mountaineering in Mexico with Oscar Eckstein uh, before studying Hindu and Buddhist practices in India. So he wasn't doing... So he was done opening portals to hell at that point. Pretty much. like, I'm going to go be a right. Buddhist now. Okay, yes. cool. And, and then... Uh, balance. Nice. Yeah, balance, exactly. So Yang. part of this, uh, and I believe this was the guy, again, uh, you can double check and fact check me. I hope you do because I'm just giving a, the generic synopsis right now off of what I remember from what I studied or studied and well, I guess you could say studied, researched as well as what I'm picking up on Wikipedia and I'm kind of putting it, trying to put it all together. So, um, but Oscar Eckstein, I believe, was a Freemason, and when he was in Mexico with him, he bestowed the th- honorary thirty-third degree of Scottish Rite on Alistair Crowley on a non-Mason, on a non-Mason. Uh, so, hmm. two things that would instantly make Oscar Eckstein or Eckstein a, a vi- immediate a violator of violator of a Masonic obligation and a clandy. And a clandy. And, and he also made Aleister Crowley a clandestine mason. That's interesting. So I found that I actually listened to that in a documentary. So he was not a from-the-ground-floor mason working his way up. He met or hooked up with a guy, and I, I believe it was Eckstein. I could, I'll have to double-check on that, and you're all welcome to as well. Mm. But he, he bestowed on him the 33rd degree. Now, we all know that you cannot take... The high degrees until you take no, the low and the thirty third degree, even as a valid right. Scottish Rite Mason, is an honorary degree. Right, you mm-hmm. don't just get it, mm-hmm. especially as a non Mason, especially as a non Scottish Rite Mason. Right, I, and I believe uh, thoroughly that a lot of this had to do with uh, Alistair Crowley, who had already started experimenting with drugs. He also became a what do we call a sexual deviant, where he was doing all kinds of crazy shit and. He was. He had some things going on at this point. He would have been ripe for the Hellfire Club. Yeah. No, not so much no. as a thirty thirty. So I'll get into some stories about Alistair Crowley in a little bit. And no, no, Ben Franklin would not have been happy with him. <laughs> um, ben Franklin was a virtuous man, and I can tell you, Alistair Crowley was not at all. One of the things, and while we're talking about, one of the things that Alistair Crowley did was you know, the myth about how cats have nine lives. Mm-hmm. Did you guys hear anything about this? No. Okay. Uh, yeah. So what he did was he was contesting, and so he said it was scientific. He was contesting the theory that cats had nine lives and could not die. So what he did was he stabbed one. He stabbed it, burned it, choked it, 
cut it up into pieces, threw it out the window. He killed it nine different ways. And he's like, well, well I guess the myth, uh, guess the myth is right. Yeah. Like, so he like mutilated and yeah. butchered a cat yeah. to try to, to prove a point, prove a point. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what kind of a sick Quote, son of a bitch does that? Scientifically. Yeah. Right. No, yeah. that's not scientifically. You like, know, I love cats. I said a lot about cats that have dental issues and stuff, but I I love cats. I I've do got, not like cats. I've got a cat. Meow. Like I, yeah. I mean, I can guarantee you that. I mean, they do crazy stuff every once in a while. They don't have nine lives, so please don't do what Alistair Crowley did. Heather Wilmer. I will. Hey guys, you. especially Jim. Uh, <laughs> your brother Joseph Schultz. That's how I want to do it. Hey, Greg, I need to meet you in a dark alley. <laughs> Bring a cat. Oh, my God. So he was already pretty much working his way into a madman-type mentality. And what's yeah, the, How's the theory always go that uh, there's a thin line between genius and insanity? Yeah, and they're, they're they clearly, usually cross it several times. Right. You can and look usually, at several people who were uh, considered maniacal and madmen, and you realize... They're actually geniuses. But interesting life, though. Like, for instance, right here. Uh, he married Rose Edith Kelly in 1904, and they honeymooned in Cairo, Egypt, where Crowley claimed to have been contacted by a supernatural entity named Oasis, who provided him with the Book of the Law. And this is where his whole religion went into. That sounds like a fun honeymoon. He actually, so it says that he he honeymooned in the Cairo, Egypt. But what isn't known is that he actually went into the king's chamber of the pyramid and performed a magic ritual with her. No. To at one point where in his notes he had basically said that, you know, they had done this conjuring inside the king's chamber. And that's where they spent the night is inside the king's chamber of the Great Pyramid. Mm-hmm. And it was back before there were like gates and clearly. stuff. It's amazing <laughs> what money gets you. The Egyptian antiquities. I'm sure he just paid a few people off. Said, hey. yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, he was yeah. loaded too. So realistically, he could yeah. have done that. Yeah. But at one point, I guess his, his wife, Rose, Edith Kelly, um, went into a trance. And she said something along the lines of, they're waiting for you or they're waiting for you or something like that. Joe's laughing. So clearly somebody's... <laughs> Jokes brothers are at it again. <laughs> we're trying to we're trying uh, to stay on topic. So the, the yeah, first yeah. one I'll Don't read. read it. The first one I am. <laughs> stay on topic. He stay butchered cats topic. like George Butcher's English. Oh jeez. <laughs> yep. And then it's a reference to a restaurant whose name I'm not gonna say, but Greg Schultz says, I bet blank blank knows a thing or two about cats. Well. <laughs> stay on target. <laughs> stay on target. So he ended up spending the night, uh, the night in this uh, king's chamber. He did this whole seance, or basically bringing, you know, conjuring spirits or whatnot. And then what ended up happening was his his wife was like, "They're waiting for you." There, he said she was in a, a disoriented state, and he actually thought she was bullshitting because Bill Cosby's wife said the same thing. <laughs> Because he was like, well, she's not an adept. She doesn't know anything about magic. How could she be getting contacted and blah, blah, blah? Probably because he was sharing his freaking heroin with her. That might right. have done it. Well, <laughs> that was something to do with it. And, and understand that there was a lot of uh, hedonistic things going on between Rose and yeah. Aleister Crowley. And he, he, he's very explicit with it in his notes <laughs> about the sexual depravities that they were doing. So, oh, great. Yeah. So, yeah. but Joe, anyway, Joe, you can read more afterwards. Yes. 
I could write another volume on that. Who provided... Uh, so anyway, he said he had been co- contacted by the supernatural entity named Oasis, who provided him with the Book of the Law, which ended up becoming the book that he uh, published. Yep, and it was... Yeah. And the he his his famous line, do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law, is one of the things that he, he preached. Mr. Crowley to you. Mr. Joey. There we go. Go ahead. Get it out. Get it out live. So everybody, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, keep going. I'm no, good. come on. You want, no, no, you want this. You want this moment. It's your show. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm <laughs> saying. You've got such a lovely Come on. Voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can sing really well. Come on. <laughs> anyway. Uh, they, they want it. After the First World War, we talked about he... Um, he uh, tried asking the British. He said, hey, I offer my services. Uh, I want to help the British cause. And they told him, no, no. <laughs> so then uh, he ended up actually <laughs> going to work for the, or basically beginning German, uh, pro-German movement in the United States uh, to assist the, uh, the services of the German people. And one of the things he had said was basically when they, when the Germans, it's, this is actually World War Two. Bombed oh, World the, War Two. The, well, it, it started in World War One. When the Germans bombed Pearl, Pearl Harbor. No, seriously, <laughs> ass. Um, but he, so in World War One, he began actually. Uh, he was assisting. trying to, yeah, trying. He was to trying help, to yeah. help the Germans, and then that continued into World War Two, which is in World War Two when they bombed the city of Coventry. Mm-hmm. He actually said, uh, you know, it's a tragedy that they. My aunt lived in Coventry, and she lives at blah 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 address. They should go back and try again. Oh, so he wow. <laughs> Was saying, <laughs> you missed my aunt's house. Yeah. Go back and hit her again. <laughs> like, I could think of some people I'd like to send that message out to. <laughs> Me too. I might send uh, Agent 47 after some of my relatives. Oh, my God. But, you know, out of all of the uh, powers that were involved in World War II, who mm. was the most into the occult? The Germans, no? That would be the Nazi party. That would be yeah. the Nazis. The SS particular. Mm-hmm. Uh but I think that's, that's also a where other story about the occult. <laughs> when he tried to backtrack, that's where I think it, his claim that he was working for the uh, mm-hmm. British Secret Service that was his like, yeah. oh no no, I I didn't yeah, really I join the know. Nazi party. I was right. just trying. I'm a, I'm a man. I'm a. Mm-hmm. Uh, what right. was it? Uh, what's the British Secret Service? Nathan Moss, help me. That'd be the uh, MI five. MI five. MI five. Yeah. yeah. I'm a member of MI five. I'm yeah. Scotland Yard, man. I'm yeah. not no Nazi. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm sure he didn't talk like they, that. I'm totally, they'll, they'll totally disavow the fact that I am involved, but that's exactly what they would do. That's what they do. It's a secret organization. So I, I, I gave a shout-out to Link's Rise a little while ago, and he goes, I've been here for 10 minutes now, slack ass. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Brother Nathan Boss, when Ken puts his hand up, it blends in with the shirt on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> My it's like a, it actually does. It does. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it's like a green screen. It doesn't look around the camera. At least my <laughs> palm is like flesh tone. Well, that's because oh, it has funny. hair on it. But <laughs> that's funny. At least it's not his legs. Oh. I keep using this hand lotion. I'm so what I end up doing? It does blend in. I should stop. No, it does. Yes, it does. Not. Look, oh, look, God, look. You have light. no arm. No. <laughs> I, I told you. It's like I a green screen you. effect, but it's a white screen. It's Ken. It's the Ken effect. Oh my God. Uh, the tarwood effect. Sorry. Let's get. Let's finish up with Crowley here. So, um, 
And then we'll get into uh, the after-hour shit show that will probably ensue. We'll okay. do that on Community Pitch. Actually, we'll give the community guys a shout-out. What do we think? Yeah. Yeah, why not? It's been a while. So, But anyway, uh, what he ended up doing was uh, he basically moved to uh, Sicily, and he established the Abbey of Thelema, the religious commune in uh, some Italian city in Sicily. We're going to go with that because I can't spell that. Okay. Cephalu? Cephalus? Cephalus? Cephalus. Yeah, well. Yeah, okay. Don't even bother. Um, it's, it's Italian. For it's, it's in Sicily. <laughs> where he had lived with a bunch of various followers. Uh, one of the stories that I had heard is that uh, there was a wife and husband who moved to this particular abbey to come take up his religious uh, beliefs, I guess. And there was talks about how one of the guys who stayed at this abbey... Um, Alistair Crowley forced him to drink cat blood and he ended up getting an infection and getting sick when the wife wanted to bring him to the hospital they were adamantly opposed to it and he ended up dying to which they did a hated cats yeah he really did yeah I mean so which what they ended up doing was they when they performed the funeral uh, Alistair you're laughing so clearly somebody's uh, Alistair Crowley actually presided over the funeral basically um one of the other stories of the guy that he killed killed. yes he basically murdered this man that sounds sociopathic one of the other stories that's cool um and you can look up this place for yourself the abbey of thelema and uh, there's some crazy written on the walls and basically in a sense it's devil incantations and stuff it was his religion the lame right. was like his deal. So what the, one of the other stories that I had heard was that uh, there would be a male and a female having sexual relations. And right before the point of climax, uh, they would bring a goat into the room and have it mount the female. God, and, I hope my children are not watching the show right now. And then cut the throat <laughs> of the goat. Never mind your children, my father. Yeah. So really, really... And Alistair Crowley believed in what he called sexual magic, which is where when you have sex, sure not did. sexual feeling, Joe, yeah. or sexual Ooh, healing, baby. Or sexual healing, <laughs> sexual healing, but but honest to God, like he, uh, this is a true story. Yeah, again, um, maybe it's true, maybe it's not true, and I'll get into that later when we recap and close it all mm-hmm. off. Um, because I have my own personal feelings and thoughts on this. Um, but there was a lot of drugs involved. And at this yep. point in Crowley's life, he was flat broke. He had not a dollar to his name. He was a heroin addict. And I just think at this point, he was kind of just, he was out there. He was freaking out there. He didn't have any clue or control of what he had in his life. He, he was a recreational drug experimenter, bisexual, uh, individualist social critic. Uh, he was also coined as the wickedest man in the world and labeled a Satanist by popular press. So he uh, he had a very turbulent life. He ended up dying in the December 1st, 1947. He finally passed away. Um, but he lived, he lived quite a crazy life. The Abbey of Thelema has been abandoned. Uh, you could look it up, and it's actually, I believe, what considered one of the most haunted places, with the exception of that house in uh, uh, Loch Ness. 
Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Two of the most haunted places, I believe, on the in that planet. region. Yeah. That's, um, so maybe he was on to something. If that's the case. He's conjuring things. and I truly think that he was a man who had a very tough childhood, yeah. especially with his mother and father. And then, I mean, granted, I don't care how much you hate your father. Um, if, as a child, when you lose a parent, it changes yeah. you. Yeah, but everything else. And I now think... you take a mother who really, and from what I've read and understood, she wasn't like a loving, coddling, nurturing mother. She was a bitch. Yeah, <laughs> she was very strict. Well, she was you're a, calling your son a beast all the time. Yeah, right. yeah, I mean, it, right. it does change you, and I think it like, changes you it, at the very least, based on the things that I've heard so far mm-hmm. and the things that I've read. Like he was definitely an extreme sociopath and probably a psychopath. So it could have gone a lot right. worse, mm-hmm. right? Like him turning to drugs, and, <laughs> right? You know, forming a religion and just doing some really like mm-hmm. effed up stuff in his yeah. life is one thing. But if if things had turned out differently, he'd probably be you know. Right cutting people's skin off and stuff like doing some really really messed up stuff so but i i really think it, it, it's a couple of things i think it's he didn't see himself as being a fit for society he was kind right. of an outsider yep and i think that kind of ties into his childhood I understand mm-hmm. i believe i'm a firm believer that everything that defines you as a an adult yep happens reflects your to your childhood yep. and oh, i think his childhood does. go ahead it, no it absolutely does yeah I, I'm a firm believer in that. If you screw with a kid when he's a child, you know, yep. it, 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 it fucks you up when you're, when you're an adult. Yeah. So I think that's number one. Number two, I think he realized that, you know, going back to when he was messing around with the maid on his mother's bed. Like, these are all things that his mother said, oh, that's sin and you're going to be struck down and God's going to kill you. And then nothing happened. Yeah, so, so he, he kind of like, had this thing oh, in his head like, yeah. well, how far can I push this? Yep. Number one. And I also think that he was looking for a higher meaning in life. And I think that he was a genius, number one. So now he's going to try pushing the envelope of seeing how, you know, he's looking for something Mm -hmm. in a sense. Um, And I don't think he found it. I think he went the wrong way. And Mm -hmm. also a lot of the things in the stories that we were talking about, we talked about some really grotesque stories. Another story that he had was uh, his daughter that he had with Rose actually died and she died of typhoid fever in thailand and he blamed rose for it um and he blamed her because he said that she didn't clean the the feeding bottles good enough so what he started doing is he started bringing home, I guess you can quote, lively ladies of a cheerful disposition and basically doing some very bad sexual depravity with them in front of his wife to punish to her which yeah. he See, hung that's... her upside down in the closet oh, by her ankles and made her watch wow. you were saying this last night to me right yeah so like, clearly a very disturbed he was disturbed yeah. very disturbed and granted okay you tie in your dad died when you were really young so you have no basically respect for yourself or your life and now you lose a young daughter, like that's a lot to swallow. Yeah. Plus, he prior to that he was um, drug addicted, and mm-hmm. you know had his own kind of like unique outlook on religion not, based on his upbringing. Like, yeah. Not, not not to get into certain right aspects of things, but well, I mean, we're telling the life, so we're not. I you mean, know. I mean, you thinking about it, you think about the drugs. Mm-hmm. You think about the... Which he was doing some heavy shit, too. Yeah, like, he was. 
But then you think about the way that his mother treated him. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, the saying goes, what goes on behind closed doors? That is true. You know, that the reason, is fact. The, the way he acted with the cats, mm-hmm. you know, the way he did the, I'm going to say Satanism. Right. You right, know, right. for the most yep. part. What was happening between him and his mother behind closed doors? That is true. Yeah, you know, a lot of those things been, still undocumented. Could have been, right. you know, and back when he was around, mm-hmm. you know, you didn't think about stuff like that. Right. You know, mm-hmm. people didn't go and get prosecuted for stuff like yeah. this. Right. Mm-hmm. So now, you know, you could shed some light on, okay, maybe this is why he was acting the way he was. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I... I Totally hardly agree. And again, a lot of those things weren't documented back then. Right. And on top of that, I mean, you're also talking 1847. All right, no. Yeah, 1847 when he was 1847, born. that was That's probably right, yeah. a common That's, practice of stuff going on yeah. like that. A lot of things didn't, yeah, you, they they went basically on, uh, sorry, Jeff. Norris. I fixed it. Um, a lot of those things go went undocumented. Again, they're really, at least to my knowledge, there wasn't a real quote-unquote police force back then that no. would enforce things like that. And you never really, there was also that stigma of you don't ever go against your parents. Stigma. So, stigma. That's what I meant Stigmata to say. Stigmata is when Stigmata, you Stigmata, yeah, you the know, things in your hands. I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> Wounds um, of Jesus and so forth. But there was a stigma a of things. He was probably into that, too. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. You know? um, but I also think that once, you know, you got a tough mother, you have a father who died, who was a minister, you have this whole religious people around you that are, you know, hardcore Protestants, you know, like really. And then the next thing is on the beast, 666. It's, it's, it's a rebellion yep. is what it comes down to. And you started doing all the things that he was told not to do or you can't do. I mean, this is what happens. But he ended up dying broke and alone, and and uh, I, I really think I, I have to wonder. One of his last, I, I'm trying to find what his last words were, because I, I th- oh, his last words were, "I'm perplexed." So you have to wonder. I mean, you want to talk about God and all that stuff, and again, we're all Freemasons, and we talk about you know the afterlife, and we talk about uh, you know believing in a supreme being is. You have to wonder what he what he was seeing in his last words when he said, "I'm perplexed." Was it kind of like, "Oh shit, I'm perplexed. I was wrong all along," or, or maybe he saw nothing and that's yeah what was, perplexed him. He had yep. like he was expecting some moment of clarity or right some know, understanding some or maybe or visual right. mm-hmm. visual righteousness and, right. Like, Huh, I've invested so much in this and now there's nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Perhaps it's speculation, we won't know, but Yeah, Worst Brother Joseph Schultz, Stigmata, ha 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 ha. <laughs> Diana McManus, who in the podcast could be the next Alistair Crowley? Oh god, if we had to pick one of us to be Alistair Crowley. What are you looking Crowley? at me for? I'm no, I'm just looking around oh, okay, in general. Good. No, you weren't the first one I looked at, trust me. I was looking at I know you looked at George first, I know. Unicorn man. <laughs> in the no, Crowley was a genius, man. Jeez. And a psycho. Yeah, I don't think any of us are. I'll wait for them to be done. Yeah, none of us are on that level, I think. (laughs) um, Let's have a photo contest. (laughs) (laughs) Who looks most like Aleister Crowley? He kind of looked like Uncle Fester in the picture you uh, posted earlier today. I really think that, uh, I want to break this down into Freemasonry a little bit. First off, we've already established that Freemasonry was not involved with Aleister Crowley 
I know conspiracy theorists love running freaking wild because they see him wearing all kinds of crazy freaking hats. And except that? except and that one time he was in that, that, you know, Masonic temple. That was it. That was right. the only link. But understand, and those happened to the be Masons temple. had the money. The Masons right. had the money, so they had all the temples. So all these other little bodies were like, hey, can we rent it from you? I mean, we still do this shit today. Plus, like, the it's Masons not, were, the, you know, Masons may have been members of these other secret societies. Right. And by virtue of that, people associated Freemasonry with it. But, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't make... And society also tries demonizing... Right, and society also tries demonizing Freemasonry. Right. So you're going to take... I'm sorry, but you got... You got Aleister Crowley was a Freemason. You got so many people that no, I'm, I'm just saying conspiracy theorists. Oh, Aleister Crowley's a Freemason, uh, Freemason, and this asshole's a Freemason, and this bad guy's a Freemason. Yeah, they're they all try to throw everything right. at us to say they're Freemasons, and it doesn't matter because, of course, the internet is everything's true on the internet, right? Yeah, unfortunately. Bonjour. Have <laughs> you seen that commercial? Right? You seen that commercial? Yes. Where I thought you were French. Yeah. Bonjour. <laughs> so it was a commercial on, uh, was on TV it? here in America for those who are watching from England. It was, uh, I think it was a Geico commercial or something like that. I don't know. I thought it was one of the travel companies. Travel like, companies, like right. Travago or Travelocity Tra or Orbitz or one of those. But I think it was a Captain Obvious one. Whoever does Captain yes, Obvious. Yes, yes, yes. But it, she, the girl comes up and she's like, uh, like hotel stuff. oh, this is my friend so-and-so. He's from France. I met him on the internet. Really? I met him on the internet. <laughs> really? He's from France? Yes, And the guy is. comes up, and he's like this gross, Looks like Ron Burgundy. Heavy, heavy set. Mustache. mustache. And he goes, bonjour. <laughs> and like the perfect English, like yeah. American accent. It's freaking funny as hell. And if you don't think that Americans don't have accents, you're wrong. We do. Or we have a dirty. No, we're right. <laughs> <laughs> don't start this shit again. <laughs> You almost got a freaking glitter bomb sent to my house because of what you're doing. <laughs> Bonjourno. Uh, Bonjour. Bonjourno. So, uh... Crowley's vocabulary is far too complex for it to be George. Yeah. No, he, uh... <laughs> I've read some of his actual notes and stuff, and he was freaking out there. Some of the shit that he was talking about. And again, I am not... There's some things that he was writing in his notes that I absolutely refuse to mention on this podcast because it's just too... Too heavy. Uh, talking about, um, uh, again, I'll get very brief, but talking about uh, having relations and messing with fecal matter at the same time. Yeah, that's where and, I, I draw the line. And his, his, his thought process in this was basically you can do something to the point where you actually enjoy it. Yeah. No. Gates, Gates is into that type of, type of stuff. No. I strongly disagree. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I think we could all. There's. Yeah. That's on, uh, no. That's just. Yeah. Poo poo in bedroom. No. <laughs> no. I draw the line there. I draw the line. Like, oh my god. We're going off the rails. <laughs> no, but I think we can all agree that yeah, that's. But again, depraved nonsense. Uh, Nathan Moss. George learns another language by podcast. 200. 200. Bonjour. 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 <laughs> oh, John Gates heard my reference. Glad to still have you here, bro. I'll take that, chant, that you, challenge. You we can get your, some language learning software so. and teach you something before the 200. Not too heavy for Discord. You're damn right, Worship Brother Joe Schultz. <laughs> yeah. It's not too heavy for Discord, but it's not something I'm about to talk about live. Ask John Gates about he, food. Uh, he had some serious, serious issues. Delicious. 
Uh, no. Okay, John Gage. No, Brother John Gage has true. some uh, Fruit Loop that's stuff he can tell us about sometime. That's Lucky Charms. I, I firmly believe that you know, in in reference to Crowley, that your um, the things that happen to you in life change you. It's no different than um, a combat veteran coming back from war after seeing like atrocities and bad things happen. It takes a piece away from you. Oh, absolutely. And I, I really believe that Aleister Crowley had a lot taken away from him. And that's what led him to the life that he lived. And I believe, firmly I believe, that in the end, he ended up regretting it. Yeah. I, I really believe it. Could be somewhat genetics, too, right? So oh, yeah. No, nature versus nurture, right? There might have been some, you know. Some might have been chemically screwed up yeah, yeah. no that's absolutely psychosis true psychosis yeah you're absolutely right or, you know mm. something like that and again these are things that you wouldn't diagnose back in the freaking 18 right. early 1900s it would just be hysteria so. or right something like that like the it, Def Leppard album he also destroyed a lot <laughs> of lives like along the way too like yeah. his first wife Rose ended up in an, an asylum like so he destroyed a lot of people along the way and he didn't care like that was the thing that got me about Crowley's he didn't have any conscience whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Do about, what thou wilt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like witchcraft. I mean, no one... They just let it go yeah, and burn you at the it. stake, and that was it. Yeah. I, I do think that, I mean, every religion, belief, whatever you want to call it, has a good and a bad. And right. uh, there's a, a great quote that I've seen actually on Facebook is there is a, a, a bad wolf and a good wolf, and the only one that wins is the one you feed. And I, I fully believe in that. That if you're going to feed the bad side, you know, you're going to. It's going to basically encompass your life. You got to so. believe it. It was on Facebook. Because <laughs> everything on uh, Facebook is true. I'm sure it was derived from. So you're saying you regularly feed your bad side? I do not. I try not to. I uh, I try to. Um... <laughs> I feed my good wolf, but he just makes me fat. You're a son of a. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Brother Jim is like a three-second delay, yeah, and then he realizes what I'm doing, and he's I freaking laughed him. I, I missed him entirely. Where are we? What was going on? George is feeding his bad side. He's screwing with me. Feeding his bad side. And then I got, and I got that, like, glimmer, shiny-look in Joe's eyes. And All right, let, let me phrase it a different way. <laughs> uh, I'm ready. George is feeding his bad Bad side. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, you're welcome for the FX effects. Too, Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that explained it all. The effects. Made so it. no, but but realistically, I, I it's I don't know. I feel bad. I actually like Crowley's one of those people I feel bad for. Like you screwed it up. You're you had an entire lifetime and you fucked it up from day one. Well, if he had a different upbringing, things might have been right. different. That's true. So one can hope. What do you say, boys? We go over to the uh, we go over to the um, little after hour. The after, after hours. hours. We go to after hours with Brother Trensky. With Brother Trensky, and this is where all hell breaks loose. So, if you're interested, slide over to the community page. We're gonna have some fun over there. We're gonna do a little after. But hours. if you want to have real fun, check out that Patreon. Oh yeah. For as little as three dollars a month, you three, can five, seven, become a member. You'll get a pin and access to the Discord <laughs> conversation. <laughs> There's literally as three dollars a month. Uh, I can't with Patreon, you. Patreon, <laughs> Patreon, and just for those keeping score at home, we are up to nine hundred and ninety-seven patrons. Oh, Shut up! Three oh, away. Three this away. is actually going to happen, isn't it? This is it? actually going to happen. Oh. We have to do this before St. Patty's Day. We need three more. Let's get it done. 
Talk to mom, talk to grandma, or talk to dad, this. talk wait to your wait sister, wait, 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 wait. talk to we your need brother. This to happen next Saturday. Or next Sunday, sorry. Because I will Why? be here next Sunday for this to happen. Okay. Oh, so, so by next Sunday. I'm not okay with those. Next <laughs> Sunday. And how did it end up in the street? I didn't even agree to this. I said I would be on the... You don't make the rules. You're right. I'd, I'm the straw. Yeah, it's too late. And now. you know the, the, the part that pisses me back. off? If we had a board of execs freaking actually vote, I would f***ing lose. Right. Hands yes. down. So just, <laughs> so just take it like a man. Yeah. All right. Let's shut it down. Uh, again, if you're interested in more in, uh, of the Aleister Crowley stuff, I fully uh, embrace you guys to, to, to look it up on your own. Because it's it's very deep. It's a lot to cover. Again, we're trying to do it within an hour. And a lot of things we also can't talk about because yeah. he was... It was a sordid history. Yeah. But let's all uh, basically make a mention. He was not a Freemason. Correct. He may have received a 33rd degree Scottish Rite clandestinely. Yeah. But he was Clandy. not a Freemason. So, Oh, hold on. Oh. Last thing. Oh. Uh-oh. Brothers. Oh. We owe a toast okay. to uh, Brother Jim Trensky for coming up here and hanging out with us. Absolutely. And uh, giving us a little 411 on his Masonic career. Um, I know you've, you haven't been a Mason that long, so, but I'm glad you came up here for the Crowdly and uh, hanging out and hanging. What did you bring, by the way? Uh, Redneck Riviera Whiskey. Redneck Riviera. Yes. I like the name of that. If you know who um going to go all country over here is... Uh, okay. Big and Rich, uh, John Rich has actually made up his own whiskey, and it's and that is the, that is it his is uh, pretty damn good. Nice. I will give you that much. He actually wrote a song for Joe. Did you know that? Oh, here we oh, go. Oh, he did. Yeah. No. Oh, you gonna sing it? Why does everybody want to kick my ass? <laughs> I don't know that one. I've never heard that one before. Seriously? And, yeah. Never heard that song. Well, we do know that you'd be rich since you're not big. But at any rate, Brother Jim, you're an excellent Tyler. Thank you. Brother Ken, why don't you leave this? No, 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 no. You're going to wait, goddammit. Oh, uh, here we go. <laughs> While we're waiting, check out that Patreon. It's literally $3 yeah. a month. You can get a Freemason podcast pen Patreon. and Patreon. access to Discord, where we might talk about Aleister Crowley's deviant behaviors that yeah, we can't talk about on this podcast so check out that check out that patreon for as little as three dollars a month you have access to it all oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's only the dell it wasn't the map here we go here we go come on is it playing what are we doing here i gotta play it because but i gotta do it I gotta do it randomly into the soundboard. Hold on. Oh. It's amazing. I oh. keep coming back. It really is amazing. I keep coming back. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I could be your regular on Sunday just because, you know. I, no, I come to feel good about myself. You would, oh. you would think that we would know what we're doing after all this time, but we do. We was this like 110 episodes? Something like that. 105, yeah. something like that. Just yeah. come in here and make me feel really good about myself. Some country. Why does everybody want to kick Joe's ass? He's just trying to have a little fun. <laughs> Don't remember. Yeah, they were at the Durham Fair this past summer. Bring it on. I will take on all comers. For anybody interested, that's off the Horse of a Different Color album.
and it's called Kick My Ass. I will take on all comers. Bring it on. But honest to God, it should be called Kick Joe's Ass. (laughs) (laughs) Try. (laughs) Try it, little man. Try. Listen, I'm the best ankle biter you'll ever come up against. (laughs) Good, because that's exactly where my foot's going to be, right in your teeth. So for those of you that'll be uh, upstate New York and Henrietta, New York, for oh, there you the Suns rally, just come on over and uh, try to kick Joe's ass. Yeah, give it a shot. He'll take on all comers. <laughs> give it a shot. Bring all right. <laughs> Two, brother, Joe, uh, Jim. Jim. Yeah. Jim. Oh, my God. <laughs> come on. Come on. Because my father. I'm so like, I want to break your balls. That's like, okay. I keep wanting to call him Trotsky's. <laughs> Really? Yeah, I'm sorry. What, you thought you were immune from all this? <laughs> you thought you were immune from yeah, all this? Yeah, I mean, I'm a, I mean, I I'm a virgin to all this stuff. No, so no, you on. get it. Guess get it just as bad as the host. Uh, I don't well, think, at least I got my cherry pop somehow. All right. <laughs> and I did it! It was me! In the, uh, in the study with the monkey wrench! Right, we better, I did it! We better toast him before things go completely Two. off the rails. Brother Jim Trensky. Right hand arms. Two arms. Ready. Ready. Aim. Aim. Fire. Good fire. Fire all. Together, brothers. Viva! 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 Alright, we're shutting it down. This is one of your hosts, right, Worship Brother George. Mudry, signing off. Worshipful Brother Joe, signing off. Worshipful Brother Ken, also signing off. (laughs) And Brother Tyler Jentrensky, signing off. (laughs) Have a good night, everyone. (laughs)